Today's da, 52, Nun Bet. <coughs> and it's a very interesting and fun da. We discussed two topics. One is uh, somewhat interrelated. One is a, a Gemara which has been used classically in recent uh, period to be the basis for uh, um, the idea of a Mechitza and a show. And then basically the rest of the da is going to be an extended agadita around the idea of Yetzir Hara. So, it'll be an interesting daf. Let's take a look. Uh, eight, seven lines from the bottom of Nunal Hamadavet. The Motzei Yomtov. So the Mishnah says, uh, the night, uh, the first night following Yomtov, they would go into the Ezrat Nashim and they would fix it up really well, make a Tikkun Gadol, and then they would start the partying for the Simchat Beit HaShoeva parties, which would take place at the night and go into the next morning where they would draw the water from the well. So, my Tikkun Gadol, says Gamar, what was this big fixing up that they did? Amar Rabbi Eliezer, says Rabbi Eliezer, like we taught in a Mishnah in Midot, originally the Azara was smooth, was flat, the Ezrat Nashim, the Kifua Gizustara, and they surrounded it with a Gizustara, some type of a protrusion, the Tikkunushu Nashim Yoshot Milamala, the Anashim Milamaka. And they made it that men, sh- women should sit above and men should sit below. So the first balcony in a show. Now, there actually is an interesting debate here, based on Rambam and Paris Mishnayis and others, exactly what the Lamala and Lamata is and what the Gezustera is. Some say a Gezustera, because if you think about it, if you talk about women above, that suggests the idea of a balcony, but it's contrasting it to the fact that it should be smooth and flat. Well, making a balcony doesn't exactly make a place, the floor not flat. Um, so, I mean, I guess you have, uh, you know, um, you could have uh, poles supporting the balcony. So some say that what we're talking about here is um, protrusions. Um, Rashi says it means that the walls were flat, were smooth. And then they made protrusions from the wall to support a balcony which would be supported by the protrusions. Others say that it actually means that they would have, it would be less of a balcony and more, it's really the two types of mechitza, you know, that we use nowadays. More there would be some type of a post behind which the women would stand, but maybe like a raised platform on which the women would stand, but it would be a raised platform on the floor. So are we basically sort of saying, if here's your floor of your azara, are we basically saying that they would, and here's your walls, are we basically saying that they would make like protrusions from the walls and make, you know, sort of like things like this, so you could stand here on the balcony, or are we, or, or, or are we saying that you would make actually, um, you know, like platforms maybe, you know, like so they would stand on the platforms or something like that behind the Why exactly you would need platforms is not clear if you're standing behind a wall, but I guess if you want to see and you're standing behind something, you want it to be a little bit raised. Anyway, the simpler sense about above and below is that it was some type of a balcony. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, Steinsalt says it's from a Greek word, which means a projection from the side of the house upon which boards are laid. In other words, a, gizus- a balcony. Gizustera. Yeah. yeah, that's what Rashi says. That's a protrusion. There is a Rambam in Parish Mishnayis, though, I believe, that is, uh, suggests more something like a, like being behind some type of a, some type of a barrier. But yes, clearly this is, uh, the simple sense of this is a, is a balcony. Okay, the And the women should be above and the men below. So there you go. So they made a, they made a balcony for the women. Um, now, Tanu Rabbanan, a rabbi taught, 
Rishona Hayu, Nashimi Bifim, Vanashimi Bachot. And here's part of also why it's confusing, is because whereas the previous thing alluded, pointed to the idea of a sense of a balcony, this suggests more explicitly the other sense of this, uh, of a type of a, what we have cont- in a contemporary context of a division of men and women, wh- well, again, depends which show you're in, but anyway, the type, the standard type of a machisa, when would, you know, different sections. The women would be on the inside and the men on the outside. Now, inside and outside what? So Rashi says it could mean even outside the Ezra's Narshim, on the Harabayas, which is pretty interesting. Um, the Hayu Bainli De Kalish that would lead to levity, to inappropriate, inappropriate type of uh, mixing of the sexes. Um, and, um, um, you know, too much maybe uh, sexual uh, uh, tension in the air or something. So, so they put the women on the outside, the men on the inside. No idea why they're supposed to make things better. I guess it's in, who's coming late and which section you have to cut to get to the other section or something. I don't know. And it still led to let too much uh, frivolity. Um, so then they said rather than uh, side by side which there's some opportunity of interaction I guess as you're crossing over or maybe at the edges uh, they had the women totally above and the men below which completely prevented that okay so that exactly so that's sort of what preceded the above and below now so here they made this whole separation of the sexes and they would do that before this big party so hey how could they do that the Hakasid, does the verse not say, everything from the hand of God, from the written hand of God, to me was revealed. And that is about the construction of, uh, you know, Amalek is saying it about the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. I mean, God was, uh, the, the prophets, God and Nathan, was sort of revealing this to, um, through, you know, through David about how, to David about how the Beis HaMikdash had to be constructed. Now, that's quite fascinating as a question for a couple of reasons. Number one, that was Bayes Rishon. This is Bayes Shani. Number two, Bayes Shani was already significantly different than the Bayes Rishon. Uh, number three, this is the Ezrat Nashim, which is uh, not technically part of the base of Mishnah. So, anyway, that's whatever the question is. Not exactly clear what the question is, but let's see what the Gemara's answer is. Amar Rav, so Rav said, Kra They found the Pasuk and they explicated it to justify making this modification. What was the Pasuk? The Saftar Mishpachos Mishpachos Levad. This is a Pasuk in Zechariah talking about the, uh, the war of Armageddon and that there'll be much, uh, you know, the, the, the nations will surround Israel and there'll be a war and then there'll be uh, death in the war and the land will eulogize for those that have died in the war. We'll see in a minute the Gemara is going to identify a particular figure that has died in the war. Every family um, separately. Mishpachas based David Levad, the family of David by themselves in the Levad, and Vinishem Levad, and their wives alone. And then it says Mishpachas based Nathan, I think, Levad, Vinishem Levad. So, first of all, each family is doing their own eulogizing in separate groups, and each group of, and each, within each family, the men and the women are separate. So, you see, I'm rude. They said, look, the hello drum Kavachomer. We can make from this a Kavachomer. In the future time, a at a time of a funeral, everybody's eulogizing the behen, and they also don't have the evil inclination. The evil inclination doesn't have dominion over them. So, why, what does that mean? So, it could just mean that's an explication of oskim um, That if you're busy mourning and at the aftermath of a great tragedy, you know it's not usually a time when there's a lot of uh, sexual desire. Um, you know, everybody's in a very different type of a mood. But the other thing that Rashi also adds here, getting to what the Gemara is going to say in a minute, is that this is a messianic vision. At that time, there will no longer be a Yetzirah. 
So, like, it's not just that at that moment of the Hespade, but at that time in history, the Yetzirah will have been negated. And even so, Amr Torah, Anoshim Levad, Benoshim Levad, that men and women have to be separate. Achshav, nowadays, Sheoski Besimcha, number one, it's all this joy and frivolity, and that usually can, you know, can lead to, uh, to um, like, uh, heightening, like, like, you know, to enticing sexual desire and so on. And it leads you to be frivolous and get carried away. The Yitzhar Sholeit for him, again, that could be just explicating the reality of Oskim Besimcha, or again, as Rashi says, it's a period of, of history in which there's a reality of a Yitzhar. Allah has come and how much more so do we need to keep the men and the women separate? So this is why they felt they were justified in making some, some modification. Yeah, not even clear. It sounds like it was... Anyway, again, another reason why this wasn't even so much of a question is that it sounds like it was a temporary modification, mm-hmm. right? It sounds like they, if they had to do it every year, then obviously they didn't keep it from year to year. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever it was, whether they needed it to justify actually making a change or whether it was just a question about where did they get the idea in the first place that they should keep the men and women separate, it quotes this idea from, the, um, from, the, uh, from this morning period, La'asi Lavo. Now... Here's the interesting thing, okay? And I'm not going to, this is not a sheer on Mechitha, so I'm not going to go into detail about this. But the, um, there is no statement anywhere in the Gemara that you need a Mechitha between men and women during davening. Um, there's no statement that men and women were mixed during davening. There's no statement that men and women were separate during davening. There's no statement anyway, one way or the other, which could mean, you know, there was an established practice and it didn't need to be commented on. Um, but anyway, but it's quite interesting that there is not an explicit statement. So it, well, it, it clearly is recorded historically as a practice from the time of the Geonim on. We don't have any evidence earlier what exactly the practice was. Um, um, the explicit historical evidence is from the time of the Geonim on where they were sitting men and women separate. It didn't need to be justified. It was just taken for granted. It became needed to be justified in the more modern period starting with the Chassam Sofer. Um, this was even before the uh, reformers challenged it. Actually, early reformers in, Easter, in, in Europe did not uh, um, um, have mixed seating. Mixed seating, I believe, somebody could correct me, began in America. I think um, in Albany. In Albany. Yeah. So anyway, but the Chassam did not need to defend it against the reformers, but anyway, but it was a time where um, there was actually was a fascinating Cuba where the Tsar was visiting St. Petersburg, I think, and they wanted to welcome him in, in the main synagogue in, in St. Petersburg, and they wanted to have a mixed choir singing for him, and they asked the Chassam Sofer whether they were allowed to. So it led to a whole discussion about Kobe Isha Erva, but also discussion of keeping men and women separate. So when it first became this issue of the need to explicate the importance of keeping men and women separate in davening, this Gemara became one of the primary sources which was used to explain why men and women have to be kept separate during davening. Because it speaks about, look, they kept men and women separate during the Simchapet HaShoevah. Now, the problem, and it's interesting, again, also because it has the two models of how they were kept separate, with a balcony or with separate, like in separate sections. Um, the only problem is, is that this is either way too narrow or way too broad. It's too narrow because you could say, look, fine, they kept them separate in the middle of having a huge party and frivolity and whatever. Okay, fine, that doesn't mean when you're davening. So fine, but oh, but look, but the Gemara says it's a kavachomer from the case about eulogizing when there's no frivolity and everything is super serious and even there you have to keep them separate. But then it becomes too broad, then you would have to keep men and women separate at all times. So exactly how from this Gemara you get to this middle position that you keep men and women separate during davening, 
but not, you know, not just at times of frivolity, and not just at all, and not at all times is a little bit unclear. But this Gemara is, for many, a major uh, basis or textual support for the idea of, of a of a mechitza um, during davening, and the issue about whether it's in a balcony or whether it's side by side, and so on, is also a fun question about what the purpose of that separation is. If a balcony suffices. Then the purpose, or if balcony is what they did in the end, then the purpose of the separation has to do with intermingling, not with seeing one another, because you can see one another pretty well from balcony. If the issue is about, you know, if it's more about the sort of side by side separation or a wall type of a separation, you know, which uh, some want to say is what was being referred to, then maybe there's an issue of seeing one another as opposed to the intermingling. Um, the simple sense of this Kamara, I would say, much more underscores the aspect of the intermingling and that also is very relevant for questions about the nature if you use this Gemara as your source for the nature of Mechitza yes what? of course it was a balcony how do you know? yeah 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 in Europe yeah 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 right okay so now the Gemara continues so that is anyway yes um, from this, well, I mean, all right, from this Gemara you don't, but of course, Boimli de Kalis Roche as a concern because the men and the women were mixing, and it wouldn't be a concern when they weren't mixing. They were having just as much uh, torch juggling and drinking and dancing without, you know, so that's not Kalis Roche, but once you get to mixing, it is Kalis Roche. I mean, it seems like it has something to do with that. Um, anyway, you'd have to look at other sugyo, uh, but it seems that it is related. Okay, so now we're going to take a look. Now, it's also worth noting the, uh, the um, association of Yetzer Hara, before it was called Sorosa, Yetzer Hara, with this issue of this intermingling of men and women, um, and how much is Yetzer Hara identified with sexual desire, um, or is it just more generally? I was just reading an article last night, I mean, this Gemara gave me the reason to read an article that I had seen before, but hadn't, and maybe had read, but anyway, I, I don't think I had a chance to read before, which is about, like, the development of the content of Yetzir Hara from the Tanaitic through the MRA period. You know, um, we tend to think about, if you ask what is sort of the rabbinic idea, understanding of Yetzir Hara, we tend to think it's, like, often internalized. You know, we think about Yetzir Hara in contrast to Yetzir Hatov. Um, it's sort of your struggle with your more... Um, appetitive desires as opposed to, you know, your, if you would, your id as opposed to your, uh, you know, your, your, your super ego, your better side, your, your worst side, so we internalize it and we often think very much that it often is associated maybe primarily or, or largely with uh, sexual desire. Um, um, so those are like some classic characteristics that we have of Yitzhar Hara. So, you know, but this article basically said that actually the earlier understandings of it didn't have either of those. So it is an external force you know, if you just even look at the phrase Yetzer Hara Sholeit Bahem so is Sholeit an internal Sholeit or Sholeit like this demonic force that has power over us, right? Is it more a sense of like, you know a demonic power of evil that, that entices us but it's externalized and maybe it's not specifically about like, you know appetitive desires that can be channeled for good you know, sort of the dry you know, sort of, you know, you know all these types of drives which can be, you know which can also be productive maybe it's just the sense of an enticement to do evil like an external demonic power that is enticing us to 
sin, and it's not specific about sex, and it's not about an impetitive drive. So, you know, and how it sort of transitions from that externalized type of a thing to this internalized, you know, struggle with also uh, desires which also can be seen as powerful desires that can be channeled for better. So anyway, it's interesting here as well that let's, as we read this sugya, because a lot of this, we're going to now discuss the rest of the daf discussing Yetzir Hara, and a lot of this also, there's an interesting parallel in Breshit Rabbah by the Pasuk of, um, you know, where God says to Kai, and he says, Lapeta Chatat Rovets, you know, Vatatim Shalbeau. That, 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 that which is seen as a referring like the the, 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 the Yetzir Hara is external and it's trying to entice you to Gehenim but you can have control over it and it's really again this sort of model of this other idea of this externalized idea so let's sort of take a look and see how, how that develops but here certainly it is if not if it, you know it is first being introduced to us in the context of sexual desire yes Charlie yeah uh, the Mishnah only says Tikkun Gadol and it's a Tessafta that gives the detail yes if it were that important, why didn't Rabbi Yehud Hanasi include it in the Mishnah? That important for what? For this whole. Uh, for those I'm not discussing about the contemporary argument for Mechitza. Okay? I, anyway, I but why, why but it is a mission in Mido. What do you mean it's, what do you mean it's that important? It's just a historical point. It's okay. only important. You mean if you decide that you're going to use this as your basis for your right. understanding? Fine. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, it is a mission in Mido. Sure. Yeah, there was a science fiction film called Forbidden Yes. Concept that the actually external physical reality, but it was created by the mind. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. Culture, the civilization on its level, Interesting. But it was the mind created and created an external force that then was the, the uh, negative force. Interesting. So Interesting. Nice way of bringing those together. Right. Okay. So let's take a look at the Gemara. Okay. So the Gemara says like this. Uh, now. Um, what was the point of this eulogy? So, so it's the debate of Rabbi Dosa and the Rabbis. It's the Messiah, the son of Yosef. Now, some people have never heard of Mashiach ben Yosef. Um, it's not really in anywhere explicit, but it is a rabbinic understanding that you know, in the in the um, um, in the what do you call it? In the uh, vision of. Um, of you know uh, the Ar- of Armageddon in Zechariah, um, it uh, you know it speaks about obviously this whole war against the against Israel and the, you know and there's a lot of death and whatever and finally Mashiach comes. So um, so the rabbis understand that that part of who will lead them into war is Mashiach ben Yosef. Where did they get this idea? Because the pasuk says Vayabes Yosef Eish Bez Yosef Eish. What is it? So a vision about how the destroying of the enemies of Esav or whatever is by comparing the house of Yosef to a fire that the original, per, you know, sort of leader that will uh, lead the war against, you know, the enemies will be from the house of Yosef, will be Mashiach ben Yosef. And he'll die in the war and then will arise Mashiach ben David who will be the ultimate Mashiach. So it says, so that's who they're mourning, Mashiach ben Yosef, Shenehrag. No, the evil inclination will be killed because then it will be the messianic time. So it's good if you say it was Mashiach, meaning as an explanation of the verse, it was Mashiach ben Yosef who was murdered. He beat a lie. They will look towards me that which had been like sort of pierced through that which who, the person who had been murdered. The and they will mourn over him like the mourning over a like of a, of a, a single uh, you know your only child Ella. So it's the human being who was killed. 
and that's the this is referring to this period that after this in, it, you know in this war of Armageddon Elamon the Amar al Yitzhar Harishin but it was the evil nation highest beta by Elamabed what you're going to do a eulogy Simcha by you should be doing a uh, rejoicing so it's funny because you assume that it was going to have a problem with the verse forget the verse the verse could be talking about whoever it's talking about but why are you eulogizing you should be having a party Amai Bachu why did they why did they cry to the direct Rabbi Yehuda, as Rabbi Yehuda explains, lost his love in the future time. Um, where am I? Mevio Kodesh Baruch Yeter Hara. God will bring the evil inclination. V'shochto bifnei atzadikim and slaughter it in front of the righteous. Ubifnei rishaim and in front of the evil people. Tzadikim nidmelem kehar gavoa for the righteous. It looks like this huge mountain. V'rishaim nidmelem kechutas seara and for the wicked it looks like a, a, a hair, a, 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 one thread of hair. These go and cry, and these go and cry. Sadiqim Bokim Omen, the righteous go, uh, cry and say, How could we, how do we ever have the ability to conquer this huge mountain? The Shayim Bokim Omen, and the wicked go and cry, and they say, How are we not able to overcome this tiny little thread? The Avakodesh Baruch Hu Tama Imahem, and even God is astounded with them. Shenemar Koamar Shem Tzvakot. So says the Lord of Hosts. Ki Palei Be'inei She'erit Hamazeh Be'yamim Aim. It will be astounding in the eyes of the this people in those days. God Be'inai Palei. Even in my eyes, it'll be astounding. Now I don't know what this means. Um, <laughs> first of all, I will tell you a brilliant insight that the Marsha has about the mountain and the and the and the hair. He says that Har Seir. So he says, because Esau is often, you know, sort of seen as not just the enemies of the Jews, whatever, but it represents the evil forces against the Jews, the Yitzhara. So Har Seir is sort of a paradigm enemy. So it could be, you know, the human enemy, it could be the Yitzhara. So therefore, Esau lives on Har Seir. So that's the Har, the mountain, and the Seir, the hair. So that was very cute. But what is this idea that, first of all, the righteous are crying? Why are they crying? There's no Yitzhara. So Rashi says they're crying because they're crying over how difficult they're remembering how hard it was in the course of their lives to struggle with the Yetzirah. So they're crying over all of their past struggles. Uh, the Marshad says, first he says, the Pshat sounds like they're crying out of joy. Okay, but he says, but that doesn't work, then you're not having a headspace. So he says, so maybe he says they're crying because they're now losing the opportunity to, uh, to, have the, to have this religious struggle in order to gain all the reward that they were gaining. Now that's not, you know, we, you know, now it's easy for everybody. We, you know, we were, you know, we were living up to the struggle. Anyway, it's hard to understand exactly why the righteous are struggling. What's also hard to understand is why it looks to the righteous like a mountain and like the wicked like a, a hare, right? You know, because it sounds like that it, right, it should be the other way around and it sounds like that this is like you know what they say like the scales fall from their eyes like the truth is revealed so you sort of get it you get the idea that somebody who's wicked and feels like you know they're always it's so hard for them to live up to their temp, you know to fight their temptation it's so hard for them to do the right thing that you know that in a way they're like fooling themselves that really if they could have a little willpower you know they could start make, making things better and they could start acting in the right way and once if the scales fell from their eyes they would realize it's not as hard as they think it is you know it just needs a little change of direction a little willpower and so, on. so that I could see that like it becomes revealed to them that it was not as difficult as they thought it was like a, a hair it wasn't a mountain <coughs> but what does the opposite mean for the, for the, for the tzaddikim if you by that analogy it means that for the tzaddikim it seems like it was very easy but it was really this huge mountain 
So I suppose what that would mean is, is that if you really like working on yourself and you're constantly working to be better and so on, you know, a lot of things, you know, that normally would be, it's like when you start, you know, you know, uh, it's like, it's like if you're an exerciser, right? So, and you start getting better and better. Like, you know, I know a lot of people that they get, went from nothing to running a marathon. Like, is they like, that's completely impossible. Hey, I could never imagine it, right? But, you know, you slowly train and you make a lot of incremental, you know, improvements bit by bit. And next thing you know, you're doing it and it's not a challenge. Because, you, you know, you're not going from here to here. Every time you're just taking a little step. But after a while, you know, but then you realize, oh my God, how the heck did I do that? How was I able to run a marathon a year ago? I to run a marathon but when you're in the middle of it like it's maybe if you're on the right path and you're exercising the muscles correctly you know it's not such a challenge so I think that that's like I think that's what it's saying that you know the scales fall from their eyes and maybe for the tzaddikim maybe if they didn't experience it like a har but that's because they were you know cause if you experience it like a har then you're just going to give up hope but if you sort of focus on get, getting a little bit better then when you look back and you can realize oh my god how did I, how did I accomplish that all right, again, why exactly you're crying, I don't know, but okay. Um, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, and then God is also astounded, like presumably astounded at the Rishayim. Like, I don't get it, guys. How could, you, how, could, how could you not have done it? It was not as hard as you made it seem. Like, and how do you, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you stray so far? Or maybe he's astounded at the Sadiqim that they managed to accomplish that much. Okay. Um, um, Yitzhahara originally is like a uh, spider web. It's not even such a big Yitzhahara. This gets back to the Chut HaSe'ara. You know, tiny little temptations. And by the end, it's like the cords used to, dr- to, 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 to pull a wagon, like really thick cords, okay? Meaning if you, you know, those little, the little temptations, if you don't give in to them, you know, then you're free from them. But once you start giving in to one, it's then, you start, then you do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing you know, you're deep into a habit of going down the wrong path, of doing the, right, the wrong things, you know, and it's very, very hard to break away from those addictions and those habits. Um, so, um, woe to those who draw the sin upon them with ropes of nothingness. So that's like a spider with thread, a spider web. And like the cords of the wagon, they'll bring upon them sin. So it begins from nothing, and then look how thick it becomes and impossible to break free of. Mashiach ben David, Atid li galop in Arab Yamenu. So, very fast, you know, but very powerful Gemaras we just read about sort of the psychological realities of, you know, of, of, of addiction and behavior and habit and all of those. So, Tanu Rabbanan, a rabbi starts, Mashiach ben Yosef, where were you? Mashiach ben David, Atid li galop in Arab Yamenu. Mashiach ben David, you normally just call Mashiach, but again, because here we're in a discussion on Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. So, Mashiach ben David that will eventually reve- be revealed quickly in our days. Omer lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God says to him at this, in the future time, Sha'ami many davar lecha. Ask me anything and I'll give it to you. Shana'amar. And this is a pasuk in the beginning of Tehillim, Perak Bet. And if you look in the context, it is about Mashiach. Uh, it says the following. It says, Asapra el chok, I will talk, talk about the decree. Ani yom yelditicha. I today have given birth to you, meaning today I have revealed that... Uh, that you, that, that you are the Mashiach ask from me anything and I'll give the nations as your inheritance 
Mikiwan Shara Mashiach ben Yosef Shenehrag, but then when Mashiach ben David sees that Mashiach ben Yosef has been killed in war, Omer Lefanov, he says to God, Vibonashallah, master of the universe. I don't want anything. I don't want to conquer all the nations. All I want is life. Maybe he means I want to live life for myself. I don't want to die like Mashiach ben Yosef. Maybe he means life for the world, that there will never be death anymore. But he sees all of the death. And rather than wanting more of like the, this worldly thing of conquering the nations, he wants a different type of a reality. He wants life. Omer lo. So God says to him, Chayim, life. Before you ask for it, David had already uh, prophesied that you would be given life. You have, he has asked from you life, you have given it to him. This is a mizmor that is about all the ways in which God has given amazing things to the king, and presumably this is being read as the king Mashiach. Okay. So um, that was just going back to the Mashiach theme, but again about sort of a switching about Lasi Lavo. So now we hear that Lasi Lavo, there won't be a Yitzhahara, and there also won't be death. Uh, but the Gemara isn't going to be focusing on Lasi Lavo, that's other Gemaras. This Gemara is going to go back to be focusing on Yitzhahara. Darus Rabbi Vira Vitim Rabbi Ben Levi. Shiva Shemo, it's seven names. Yeshlo Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara has seven names. Kadesh Baruchu Karo Ra. God called it evil. Shanamar Ki Yitzhah Lev Adam Ra Mimi Urav. Moshe Karo Arel. Uncircumcised. You should you should uh, circumcise the the uh, foreskin of your heart. David David called it impure. God made for me a pure heart. That means there's such a thing as an impure heart. Shlomo Shlomo called it a hater or an enemy, uh, whatever, um, a hated one. If the one you hate is hungry, feed him bread. And if he's thirsty, give him water. Because what you're really doing is you're dumping coals on his head. So be nice to your enemies and it'll get them, it'll, you know, it'll, 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 it'll get under their skin. It'll, it'll, it, um, it'll be worse for them than being mean to them. Okay. And God will pay you back. Do not read, we'll pay you back. We'll have you make peace with it. So Rashi says what this means is, it's alluding to... So anyway, so it's, it's being read as not literally your enemies, but the Yetzir Hara. And what does it mean, give him bread and give him water? And Rashi says it means to Torah. So if your Yetzir Hara is hungry, and you have a desire to sin, and it wants to be fed with sin, instead of feeding it with sin, feed it with Torah. And then you'll make peace with it and you'll be able to redirect your Yetzer. Okay? Um, Yeshayahu karo michshol. Yeshayahu called it a stumbling block. Shenemar sohu sohu panu darech. Clear out, clear out the way. Harimu michshol midarechami. Remove the stumbling block from the way of my people. Yechezkeel karo even. Yechezkeel called it a stone. Shenemar. Vasiroti eslev ha-even mi besarchem. I remove the stone of heart uh, the, 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 from, your, from your flesh. Yoel called it the either northern one or the hidden one. I will distance the Tifoni from you. It's interesting to note, based on the point I made before, how some of these images are external and some are internal. I don't know if you picked that up. Right? The uncircumcised heart, the stone heart, the pure heart, that's all very internal, right? As opposed to the stumbling block, the enemy, the, uh, the impure, you know, the, uh, what was the first one? The evil, you know, there's a very almost 
shift between external and internal here. Okay, Tanu Rabbanan, Rabbi Shart, that's a Tifon Yachit Melechem, Zeyetzer Hara, this is the evil inclination, Shetzafun Vaomed Belibo Shel Adam, that it is hidden and standing in the heart of a man, so there you get it internalized. Vihidachtiv Eler Tfi'a Ushmama, I will push it away to a barren and uh, desolate land. Lemakom Shem Bnei Adam, Mitzuim Litkarot Behem, to a place where there's no people, so it will not, will not be able to sort of entice other people, you know, make trouble with other people. So there you talk about it being externalized it's sort of like I'll take it out from being inside of you and cast it away from people so it's a lot of this mix here of this internal <coughs> external um, so fine um, <laughs> so this is again quoting sections of the Pasuk and then trans, as it were interpreting it so I will have its, fa- its face the uh, the the um, the eastern uh, sea. So this is reading Yam as the Beit Hamikdash because everybody gathers. Like everyone, you know, it's like a Gam collects all the waters. Everybody gathers to the Beit Hamikdash and Kadmon meaning the first Beit Hamikdash. Shenatani na Hamikdash Rishon that it looked uh, that it, that the Eitzer Hara put its eyes towards the first Beit Hamikdash Vecherivo and caused it to be destroyed or destroyed it. The Harak Tamidei and killed all of the. Um, sages or whatever Torah scholars in them so for the Yamakaron its end I will place towards the western sea what does that mean? that it also gave its eyes towards the second base of Mikdash and destroyed it okay and its stench will raise go up and its stench will go up because it abandons the other nations and it focuses its energies on the Jewish people. What a disgusting thing to do. Because it is acts so great, because it has done largely, usually. It basically, it, it entices the Torah sages. We have mentioned Tamidei Chachamim twice before by destroying the Batei HaMikdash and the Tamidei Chachamim, which is an interesting putting together. What's the point of Tamidei Chachamim together with Beit HaMikdash? Anyway, and the Bible says, and the Yetzirah focuses on the Tamidei Chachamim more than anyone else. Okay, what does that mean? Kihaja Abaye, like Abaye, Shamilahu Gavra, he heard a person, Takama, so this is a very famous Gemara, um, he heard a person, Takama Lehi Itata, he said to a woman, let's get up early and go uh, take a long walk together on the way. Amar Ezil Afarshinu Misura. He said, "I'm going to travel along with them. I'm going to sort of hide, you know, sort of sneak behind them and make sure that it doesn't that, that I can separate them from sin." It sounds to me like it's a little assignation. Who knows what they're what they're planning on doing? I'm, I'll make sure that I'll prevent them. Azubasraihu plus a parsi. He followed them for three parsangs, which is. Uh, whatever that is. What, uh, that's uh, four meal, a meal a kilometer, like 12 kilometers. What is that? Like eight miles or something. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, um, the Agma in a, uh, Agma is like a, 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 a um, what is it? Like a, uh, not a swamp, like a, a field. Yeah. Sometimes marsh. Marsh. Okay? Kihami Parshi Miyadadi, then they came to a crossroads and they had to go their separate ways. Shaminuhu, the Ka'amri, he heard them say one to another, Archan Rechikin, it was a very long journey. The Safsin Besima, and how pleasing was the company. Thank you so much. You made it such an easy trip. It was so nice to be able to walk and to talk to somebody um, while we were going on our journey. So, and they didn't do anything wrong. So Amar Abayi, so Abayi said, Iman Desani Lihave, 
have if um, if that was the person who was hated to me, which means himself, but he's speaking euphemistically, like Sonam Israel, Lo Have I would not have been able to withstand the temptation. So he says he couldn't believe that this person was able these these people were able to do it, and he imagines himself in that situation, he could not have withstood the temptation. So he grew very despondent. Uh, you know, he thought that he was at this very high religious level, and he realized that uh, you know that that that, that how, you know how he would have been tempted. So he went. One also has to wonder about the whole idea about sneaking behind them or whatever. Seems a little bit you know as well, sort of indicating a certain you know uh, desire there. Um, so anyway, he went and he and he and he leaned against the the, the beam of a door. Um, and he was in anguish. Asa, who Saba, certain elder came, Tanalei, and talked to him. The greater person is, the greater his Yetzirah is. Okay, so this is a very famous line, and exactly what it's trying to say. You know, and I'm going back to the point I raised before about externalizing or internalizing. Um, you know, you could read it both ways. You know, look. There's a famous Midrash that Rashi quotes, uh, right, right at the beginning of, uh, by, you know, So what does it mean, Tov Mo'od Zu Yetzirah? I mean, why is that Tov Mo'od? So the Ramban has one re- interesting reading, which means, Tov Mo'od means, it's largely good, mostly good. <laughs> the part that isn't good is the Yetzirah. <laughs> but it seems like the Midrash is trying to say something else. Right, because it says they yetsarhara, she'll malin the yetsarhara, lo bana adam bayis, lo nasa adam isha. Right, if the yetsarhara is this drive in you, so the drive can be channeled, like you know, to be acquisitive, to whatever, but it can be channeled to be good things, like okay, so you you build a huge show and you'll put your name on it, but at least you you build a huge show, you have ambition, but you you have that ambition translated into doing good for the world, right? Or you know, there's sexual desire, but sexual desire can be fulfilled in the context of a family family and raising kids and connecting to another person so these drives can be channeled and can be very good and can make the world a much better place so read that way where we're again we're sort of talking about Yitzhak Har as these internal drives you can say is exactly true some of the great people in the world what pushes them to be great is that they have very strong drives right so it doesn't necessarily mean the biggest Talmud Chacham Yitzhak Har but that somebody you know very very driven people could be driven and do very bad things the people could be driven and do very good things sometimes sometimes people that are great public people also you know have uh, you find out about their Private lives and their, uh, their, you know, their sort of Yetzirahara is uh, sort of, you know, um, what are like, you know, finding its outlet in other ways there too, right? But, uh, but you know, but it could speak about the point of what it means about having these sort of powerful drives and how they are channeled. Um, you know, the ch- the problem with that, although obviously I think that you know, there's obviously an enormous amount of truth to that, um, is, is that it could also be used as a license. Like, you know, ah, oh, you know, see, I'm such a great person. I got such a strong gate to her, so I could be excused, therefore, if I'm going to go ahead and do these various types of things, because I, mean, I just got such a big gate to her. So, anyway, that's a real big problem. But I think as a psychological point about what it means to be, have these very powerful drives and the way they could lead. You know, the other possibility of the Gemara here, seeing it not as internal but externalized, I think Yitzhahara leaves the Umos Ha'olam and focuses on Yisrael. Well, what does that mean? I mean, the other nations don't have powerful drives to do 
good or evil or whatever. Only Israel has the Yetzer Hara. So that really seems to externalize it and externalize, like, also the Yetzer Hara destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. You know, what does that mean, the Yetzer Hara destroyed the Beit HaMikdash? Because it led to a sin and our sin. That does sound like Yetzer Hara being seen much more here as less like a force of bad in the world. Okay? And as such, <coughs> read that way, it, mean, it means something very different. It means that a metaphysical level, like, you know, like, like, the, the, the Yetzirah is out to, uh, you know, to seduce the right, you know, is being sent to seduce the good guys more than the bad guys. And therefore, it focuses more on Yisrael and focuses more on the Talmidic Chachamim and so on. But that's a, a very different approach than the sort of psychological and internalized approach. Yes. The passage from Yoel is in many mystics part of the Haftarah for Shabbat Shuvah. Right. So. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. It's about that issue about like, dealing with our rights, exactly. All right, Amarab Yitzhak. Yitzhak Shal Adam. So now, no, and now talking about the external and internal, notice about also the, how it has now become a possessive. So it started with the Yitzhak Hara as one entity that has focuses on Yisrael, destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. Now it goes from being a single entity to being a possessive. Your Yetzer Hara, right? It's now personalized. So you really see that shift. Yitzro Shaladam, your Yetzer, right? So Yitzro Adam, Yitzro, his Yetzer is greater. So here's the same point. Amar Yitzro, Yitzro Shaladam, the Yetzer of a person, so the one that's yours in particular, is Shaber Allah that every day is getting stronger over you. Shana'amar says, Rak Ra Kohayam, it's only evil the whole day. So every day it's like it doesn't lose any momentum. Okay, and the, or the evil increases every day. I'm Reb Shimon Lachish. Yitzro Shel Adam. Again, notice how we've switched, switched from Yitzer Hara to Yitzro Shel Adam, to making it yours. So we're talking very much internalized. Your, the the Yitzer of a person, not only is it getting stronger every day, it's trying to get, it's trying to kill you, to bring you into the way of death. Shene Amar, um, probably uh, religious death, spiritual death. So fair Rashal is Sadiq, the wicked one, looks out, looks for the for the righteous and tries to kill him. The if God were not there to help you, so Yaholo, you would not have the strength on your own to withstand it. So Namar, as it says, Hashem Lo God will not abandon you into his hands, the Lo Yarshi will not let you become evil through his judgment, like through the uh, this evil persons or the Yeter Haraz um, you know, attempts. If this disgusting one seizes upon you, so schlep him into the base medrash. So your Yetzer Hara has accosted you, you drag him in with you to the base medrash, you make him your Chavrusa. It means learn Torah. That will help you if you're, if you're seized by a desire, open up a Sefer. Learn Torah. And if it was as hard as a rock, it'll melt through the words of Torah. In Barzalu, and if it was like iron, mitpotsets, it'll shatter. In Evenhu Nimoach, if it's like a rock, it'll melt. By words of Torah, come all thirsty to the water. So, so Torah is like water. And it says by water, stones were worn away by water. So the water will wear it away. In Barzalu, if it's like iron, mitpotsets, it'll shatter. As it says, Hello, cold variety Hashem. So are my words like fire, says God. Kipatish, like a anvil, like a hammer, breaks a rock. 
Now there's a little bit of a problem here that Rashi and Tosa supposed to pick up on, which is that the that the the, the hammer is breaking the rock. It's not. We said you know if it's iron, it'll shatter. But in the image, it's not the iron that's shattering; it's the rock that's shattering. Right? You see the problem here, <laughs> right? So yes, everybody sees the problem. So anyway, so Rashi says that it's not by the end of the pasuk of breaking the rock; it's that God's words are like fire. So what does fire do to iron? It melts no. it. It makes it spark. So that's what Rashi says is the image, not the breaking of the rock. Tosa suggests reading the pasuk, the pasuk looks patish and a hammer. If a tzed sell a rock, will break it. But that's a pretty bad read of the pasuk. Anyway, but those, so the image is a little bit of a challenge. Anyway, bring it into the base of medrash, and the Torah will uh, will be able to make it dissolve. Our Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmanim, Rabbi Yonasan. The Yetzirah seduces man in this world, and then will come and be the enemy, to, you know, the witness to, 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 to testify against you in the world of God. You come to it, do this sin, do this sin, and then it becomes, it seems like it's your friend, and then when it comes to the time to come, it's going to turn around on you. It'll be a, and, and testify against you. In Amar, the verse says, Mifunak minoer avdo, literally this means one who um, indulges from youth his slave. Vacherito, at the end, yehem manon, will be a manon. Now, so mifunak minoer avdo means the son of the Yetzirah is called your slave. Rashi says, because ultimately it is under your control, but it has been seducing you and allowing you to indulge yourself since you've been young. And the end, it will be a manon. Now, what's a manon? So, shekein ba'atbach of Rebichia, because in the atbach of Rebichia, Korim Lesahada, you call a witness Manon. A Manon. What does this mean? So this word, by the way, Manon, this is a part of in um in um um what's it called? Eo, right? It's one of those words that like, you know, who knows what, what it means when you get in your English meaning of Hebrew uncertain. So it's interesting that what Chazal are trying to do here is use a like a uh, a type of a letter substitution to figure out what this word means. So what's atbach? So you should know this atbach. So what you do is you take the letters, right? Alphabet, gimel, dalit, hey. What? Oh, mishle. I'm sorry. Some of the other ones were from the other. Vav zayin ches. No, wait a minute. Yeah. Hey. Hold on. Now I got it confused. One minute. Oh, right. Because the hay. Oh, right. Because the hay is. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. Because the hay is the five. Vav, Zion, Chet, Okay? So those are one through nine. Okay? And then you have Yud, Chaf, Lamed, Mem, Nun, Samech, Ain, Hey, Sadi. So that's ten through ninety. Right? Right? Everybody knows the number substitution here, right? Mm hmm. Ruf, Reish, Shin, Okay, so basically, do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. No. Kuf, Sadi. What? Huh? Yeah, okay, one minute. Yeah, 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 one minute. They may also Kuf, Sadi. Yeah, I got that. Oh, because Rashi... Okay, fine. Oh. Just one minute, sorry.
Resh Shin Oh. Huh? Oh, oh yeah, because Rashi does with okay, whatever. Hoof, Resh Shin Tav. Oh, 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 because oh, then what you do is then you do so you have the last ones here and then you do the um and then you do the Sophie. So Okay, so you have Sama Sophit, Mem Sophit. <coughs> no, am I getting that wrong? I'm sorry, Mem Sophit, Nun Sophit, Mem Sophit, Nun Sophit, Pay Sophit, and Sadi Sophit. Okay, whatever. Okay, so anyway, fine. Anyway, you see what you do, that took way too long. You see what you do is you sort of fold over the, 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 the ones, the tens, and these are the hundreds, and these are the Sophie letters, and then you do a letter substitution. Okay, so when you have when you have uh, you know when you have an extra when you have an extra letter you, when you have one letter you substitute it. So anyway, if you do if you do manon, so how does manon work? So the man here substitutes with the samis, the nun, you know these are left together, so the nun substitutes with the hay, the vav substitutes with the dalid. And the nun substitutes with a hey. So manon becomes sada, which is witness. That took too long. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, okay, so he'll be a witness for you in the end. Um, okay. Um, okay, Rav Huna Ramik. See, Rav Huna shows a contradiction. One verse says, Kiruch zinunin hit'ah. Because a... Uh, uh, a, 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 a licentious spirit has, just, has uh, led you astray. In their midst. So is it external? This is the question. Or is it internal? So initially it just led them off the derech, but it wasn't, it wasn't a completely internalized or it wasn't, it was an occasional thing. And then in the end, it became inside them in their very midst, and it became internalized, and it became a regular, uh, you know, a regular leading astray, a regular sinning. Um, it's sort of also like the Gemara before, although it's external, internal, the Gemara before about the spider web and the uh, thick cords, you know, about how it begins one way and it gets then more and more your, your practice. Amarava says Rava, Petchila Karo Holeich, originally it was called a passerby, the Yetzirah, Ubeso Karo Oreach, then it became a guest, spent a little time by you, it wasn't just an occasional, you know, uh, um, 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 you know, temptation, it became a guest, it was a more regular visitor, Ubeso Karo Ish, and then it became like the Balabayas, it became the, the owner of the house. Shanamar, as we see by David, it says, this is the um, mashal given to him about, you know, about the sin of Bathsheba, uh, by God. Remember the story about the two men, the one that had all these sheep, the one that had just one little sheep, and then a visitor came to the rich man, and he didn't want to use any one of his sheep, so he stole the sheep from the poor man who only had one. So, so a, a passerby came to the wealthy man, the wealthy man didn't want to take from his flock to do to make a meal for the guests. So he took the, the sheep of the poor man and he made for the man who came to him. So the man who came to him started as a passerby, became an oreach, and then became an ish. Now, who's who in this mashal? Well, the sheep are the wives of David and the one sheep is Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. So those are the men and those are the sheep. Who's the passerby? So who's the passerby that needs to be fed? 
So the passerby that needs to be fed is David Yetzer Hara. Right? So your sexual desire needed to be fed. You didn't want to satisfy it with your own wives. You had to take a wife for this one poor man. So this desire, right, starts off as a passerby, becomes a guest, and winds up being the man. Um, Amar Rebbe Yochanan. And now we're really turning explicitly to a discussion of sexual desire. There's one little member, um, organ, Yeshwal Adam, that a man has. Mar Ivo if he makes it go hungry, he'll be satisfied. Must be O Ra'ev. And if he satisfies it, he'll always be hungry. So the more he gives into the desire, the more it wets the desire. So Ne'amar, as it says, Kemar Itam Vayisba'u. As they made it hungry, so they were satisfied. So that's how it's being read. As opposed to they grazed, they were satisfied anyway. Amar Avchana, so basically, a certain degree of abstinence is healthy for controlling your sexual desire. Amar Avchana Baracha, Ami Beirav, Arba'a Mitzharet Olem HaKadosh Baruch Four entities God, uh, um, you know, uh, regrets having created. Uh, not literally, but, you know, sort of they create a lot of evil in the world. They're necessary, but they're, 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 do a lot of evil. The Elohim, these are they. Golos, exile, Kazdim, the Kazdim, the Ishmaelim, the Yetzer Hara. Golos, you know, what are I doing here? Says God, my nation have been taken for naught. So there was like, there's no purpose to it. It shouldn't have happened. There shouldn't have been Golos in the world. This is the nation that hasn't been, meaning should never have been. I don't know exactly what relevance it has. Yishma'elim dechsiv, yishalyu alim l'shodidim, will be uh, tranquil in the, the tents will be tranquil for the, uh, for the um, uh, robbers, not robbers, whatever, anyway, um, um, uh, uh, something. Uh, for those, for those that, uh, for those that, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the right word. Anyway, betuchot l'margize el, and, um, and will be, um, and will, you know, will protect protection for those that anger God. Lasher hevi eloha biado, that God has brought, um, through his own hands. So meaning that God created them, but there's a sense of regret, like he shouldn't have created them because of this sense of that they'll be shodidim, um, you know, um, uh, again, I can't come up with the right word. What, what, what it has there for shodade? Not pro- provokers? No. Highway robbers. Highway robbers. Robbers. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and finally, the point of this is, as it says, that I have done evil. So meaning, and this is being read in the context of the earlier verse, which is that it talks about God bringing those that have been led astray, the things that, I, you know, that I have done evil, like it was evil that I had created the reason for them to be led astray, or this evil thing that I had created, um, the Yetzir Hara, which shows a regret about it. I'm Rabbi Yochan. Imali shows Nikos Alalu. Were not for the following three verses. Nismotet Raglem shall Sonem shall Yisrael. The legs of the haters of Israel would be, um, would you know, would would, would would falter. Thank you. Which means that the Jewish people would not have what. Again, it's a euphemistic way of referring to the Jewish people would not have what to withstand. Meaning these psukim give us a little bit of a defense of how we have uh, sinned so much. Um, so why? Chadikiv. Vasher Hare Osi, God takes responsibility for creating the Yetzer Hara, so it's not all our fault. Like plaster, like, uh, you know, uh, clay in the hand of the, of the potter, which means that God could give us the strength to be better, you know, so it's sort of God has created us this way. 
the Edoch again God has put this heart of stone in our hearts and God could give us a heart of flesh so in a way God created us this way so it's a little bit you know uh, again doesn't mean it's you know we, we don't we're not responsible for our actions but also we were you know we're human beings and we were created with some of these frailties Okay, even from the following verse, I will give my spirit in you, which again means that God could give us a stronger spirit. Let's just do a little bit more. A vision in, um, God showed me the four plowers. Uh, what were the four plowers? Or the four uh, craftsmen. So, here are the four craftsmen. Mashiach ben David, Mashiach ben Yosef, Eliyahu, the Kohen Tzedek. So, why are they craftsmen? So, Rashi says, Mashiach ben David, Mashiach ben Yosef will bring about the base of Mikdash, so they'll fashion the base of Mikdash. Eliyahu made the, the, uh, the, um, uh, altar at Har Carmel where he fought with the Nevi'e Habal. And Kohen Tzedek is, uh, he, it reads it as Malki Tzedek, who was a son of Noah, who helps build the Teva. Alright. So, five. So, Malki Vrakshashesh, Ihachi, Hainu Tzedek, they're such good guys, what's meant by the next verse? Where God says, These are the horns that scattered Yehuda. So, honey, Lishuva, honey, Lishuva, Asu, or something, Yasuve, Musa, Yehuda? These are the ones that scattered Yehuda? Is, is that what these, I mean, these are good guys. So, Amale, no. Shafiel is safe at the crowd. Look at the end of the verse. He says, no. The end of the verse says, these, not these guys, not the four Harashim. These, the other these, were the horns that scattered Yehuda. And these, these, these uh, four Harashim are going to come to uh, tremble them and to destroy these horns that, uh, that carried away the land of Yehuda and that attacked Yehuda. Uh, you have to look at it inside. But basically it says, here are the four Harashim. These are those that the horns that scattered Yehuda, and they will come to destroy those horns. So the these of the horns is not referring to the four Harashim. All right. And so he said it's refer- the four Harashim are going to destroy the bad guys who destroyed Yehuda. So Amalei, he said to him, "The the I should have known better than to, pe- to, pe- to compete with Chana by Agadita, which is pretty funny because actually it's shot of the psukim. But okay, whatever. One last thing. Shalom Ashur. This will be the peace of Ashur When if Ashur comes against our land, and trample on our castle, meaning to destroy the base Hamikdash, What we will do is that there will be seven shepherds and eight like leaders of people. And the end of the pasuk is that they'll take over the land of Ashur. They're trying to attack us. We'll take over their land with these seven shepherds and eight leaders. So Shiva Rowing, Who are the seven shepherds? David the Emtza, first David, Adam Sheitu Mitushalach, Mimino, Avram Yaakov Moshe Bismolo. Okay, now, of course, they're all shepherds in the sense that they were leaders. Of course, the Marsha points out that most of them were actually literally shepherds as well, um, which is interesting. Okay, where exactly is Yitzchak is not clear. Fine. Umani Ushmon and Nisichi Adam, who are the eight leaders of people. Yishai Vishal Vishmuel, Amos Tzfanya, Tzitkia, Umishiach Veliyahu. And for homework, you can figure out what those eight have anything to do with one another, if I don't know. Okay. <laughs> These are all anti-Christian, anti Uh Yeah, I was sort of guessing that, but you'd have to... Uh-huh. Justification, like that, uh, original sin, like what I want, like, I'm just using it.
no, I'm not. Hello? Yeah, yeah, we're just leaving the desk.